0: good morning it's great to see you this morning it's wonderful to be able to come together and to worship God according to his will we're just thankful to be able to come and worship in spirit and truth as we're instructed in uh, john 4 verses 23 and 24 Uh, do take a look around we still have some who are under the weather and not feeling so well and dealing with one thing or another so glance and notice who they are and uh, maybe give them a text a call uh, whatever to uh, encourage and strengthen them and you know, I just thought real quick, you know, I listened to Dennis say something, I heard him say something in class, because he's loud enough I can hear him through that door part of the time, and uh, then I heard Caleb get up here, and the way I counted, I count kids too, so I think there's five visitors here, because kids are important to me, so anyway, and we got a few more just coming in the door. So anyway, it's uh, great that we can be together, and what a blessing it is to be a Christian, and. Yeah, I want to thank all the men who came to my house for the chili supper last night. Those of you who men who didn't come, sorry, we ate every bit of it up. No, there was a little put in the freezer and stuff. Uh, we had a good time, good fellowship. I'm not going to say the food was good, but it was edible. So anyway, so uh, it was it was a good time. I enjoy doing that, man. Enjoy having uh, you men into my house. That's for sure and you know since we do like to eat together for some reason we're going to do that again after the last amen here so uh that is one of the blessings we have in this congregation every week we've been preaching through it's taking us a while first and second timothy we're going to go to titus next but we're in uh titus uh for, excuse me second timothy chapter two where jason just read for us in verse 22 and 23 i uh Highlighter to keyed on three words here: flee, pursue, and refuse. Now, you think about those; those are verbs, and how important it is. I learned uh, there's certain kind of verbs, and some of them are action verbs. And you know, it takes action to be a Christian. You got to be someone who does well. Not everyone that says to me, "Lord, Lord, we're into the kingdom of heaven," but he that does the will of my Father who's in heaven, Matthew 7 and verse 21. So Paul, in writing to Timothy, and we're gonna, I'm going to mention an, another passage in just a moment, and we'll turn to it that John wrote, and then we're going to go back over to a passage we looked at earlier in 1 Timothy. Uh, Timothy has a special relationship with Paul, and Paul has a special relationship with Timothy. Paul would call him his son in the faith. Uh, so definitely Paul was his mentor, And of course, these words come inspired of the Holy Spirit, so they're straight from God. Uh, But Timothy is a young man. Now, I don't know how young that is. He's a young gospel preacher, definitely as compared to Apostle Paul. But I always think about that, and I know he was still a young man, but sometimes I run into men in their 80s, and they call me a young man. So when you get in your 80s, you don't know what a young man is anymore, I guess, but... Cause I got uh, nine of them about to have a tenth one, Lord willing, that calls me grandpa, so I'm no young man, but uh, that's just the way it works. But we look at this, and he's writing this, and we look again at verse 22 of 2 Timothy 2. He says, but flee from youthful lusts, flee. Now, that word means to run away. It means to escape, Okay. So it doesn't mean to hang out and see how long you can handle it. Doesn't have anything to do with tolerance. When you can get away from it, you get away from it. Uh, Telling some stories uh, last night, they were true, but telling some stories last night to the guys there about uh, some of the hunting I've done. And if you've been in my great room, you know why those stories come up. But, um, you know, I'm talking a little bit about um, the grizzly rug there and, you know, getting to shoot a grizzly bear at seven yards on the ground, on my knees, with a bow and arrow. But, you know, so now you know I don't have any sense. But anyway, uh, usually in situations like that, if usually if you see a bear coming your way, you know what you do? I know what most of you do. You try to flee. Only a few of us try to hide till they get closer. But anyway, you look at that. We try to remove ourselves from the danger. Paul instructs Timothy here to flee from youthful lust. Now he says that cuz he's a young man. All people young and old and alike need to flee from lust. But he says flee from youthful lust. And then he's going to go ahead to our next one, but I want to hit on that a little bit. So turn with me first of all over to 1 John chapter 2 so we get a little bit of a glance at the idea of lust here. Um Lust has that idea of desire, and most of the time in the Bible, when you find the word lust, it has the idea of ungodly desire, okay? But a strong desire, a, um, almost to the point of it becomes temptation. But in 1 John chapter uh, 2 and verse 25, listen to this. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, let me explain to you what that isn't first, okay? Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, 1 John 2, verse 15. 1 John 2, verse 15. And so you look at that, and so that doesn't mean some of you got a post from me yesterday because I looked out the front of my house, and the sunrise yesterday was phenomenal at my house. And it was phenomenal later when I drove down here because I was just getting ready to leave the house. Went out on the front porch to take that little picture. And then I come down here, and it was beautiful right over here. And, you know, my comment, which I make this comment all the time, so if you've been around me, all I say is, God sure painted a good one this morning. Because I give him all the credit. I mean, I'm just amazed. I've known some really good painters, really good artists in my life. I have some of their work even, but no one paints like God the Father does. And he reminds me of that every time I get to see a sunrise, sunset, rainbow, whatever. Woo, man. So he's not talking about us not enjoying those things, but worldliness, being in love with what this is. I'm telling you what, as beautiful as that sunrise is, that's pitiful compared to what heaven's going to be. Heaven is a wonderful place. Heaven is a place prepared for prepared people. So he goes on and says, For all that is in the world, here it is, here's what he's talking about. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Hmm. When I was a boy, growing up, a little boy, I still like to sing the song sometimes, there's a few verses, but one of the verses, Oh, be careful, to lies what you see. Sometimes you can go, you know you can go someplace. Sometimes I'm disgusted with the indecency of people's attire. That's one reason I probably like winter. People typically wear more clothes in the winter. I mean, you can go to Walmart and it's like, Oh, man, people forgot to get dressed. Well... That isn't always a walk, but there's places you can go, and you know that's what you're going to see just by where you're going. Well, stay away from those places. Your eyes ought not to be there. And, you know, just so you know, on television it works pretty well. My remote will change the channel. Did you know that? Tammy gets on me because when it comes to commercial, I start thumbing through things and looking. Man, what are you listening I don't know. I'm running through channels right now because it's a commercial on what I'm watching. So you look at that. And we've got to remember the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life all from the world. Well, he needs to flee from useful lust. But look what verse 17, the world is passing away. We looked at that a little last week, didn't we, in 2 Peter chapter 3. It's all going to be burned up with intense heat. But the one who does the will of God, listen to this, lives forever. Amen. Wow, I want to do God's will. I want to live forever. So jump with me back over, this time to 1 Timothy chapter 6, just to remind you, I said we were going to turn back there, verse 11. Tell me if these verses don't sound a lot like the verses Jacob read for us in 2 Timothy 2. But here in verse 11 of 1 Timothy 6, he says, but flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And then go on, says, and fight the good fight of faith. So we've got to understand, listen to this, it always kind of rubs me the wrong way when people say this like it's bad. Well, what do you think? The Bible's a book of do's and don'ts? Well, I don't think that's all this, but yeah, it's a book of do's and don'ts. Things you're to flee from and things you're supposed to pursue and things you're supposed to refuse as we're going to look at this. But we've got to flee from some things. Don't do that. You know, my parents were kind of like that. They kind of, if they're going to tell, instruct me what I'm not supposed to do, then I wasn't supposed to do those things. I got to get away from them. I got to stay away from them. We can't pursue those things. But you go on here, and just to mention a few, we're going to turn over to 1 Peter. I'm going to hit chapter 2 and verse 11, then I'm going to go to chapter 4 real quick. But we've got to flee from these things, so we've got to run away from them. We've got to escape them. In 1 Peter chapter 2, In verse 11, we read this, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers, that doesn't mean you're from outer space, okay? Doesn't mean you're a space cadet. That means some of us have traveled to other countries that speak a different language, and it doesn't take very long, even if you can kind of speak their language, to know you're a foreigner. You don't belong here. I used to tease people when I lived in Alaska. I just told somebody this the other day that because of the oil industry, a lot of people in Alaska are from lower 48 states, a lot from Texas, a lot from California because of the oil industry, but a lot from Texas, even Arkansas, different places, and even Mississippi, the coast down there with oil in the Gulf. But I tell people Alaska is the only place you can move north and pick up a southern draw, because there's so many southerners there. But you can look at that. You can listen to people talk. Now Ben wouldn't like me saying this, but he's lived up here long enough. He doesn't have as much of that as he used to have. But his mom and daddy, oh, it's a real deal. You know they're not from here, okay? So they, they, as soon as they talk, where are you from? You know. So you look at that. That's okay. But we're to be alien. We are aliens and strangers, as the passage says. We're not. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. But he says, as aliens and strangers, we're to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against your soul. Flee from it. Abstain from it. Don't be any part of it. Sin is not to be mentioned among us. And when we do sin, what are we supposed to do? What's the Bible demand of Christians? Confess it and repent. And if you don't, Judgment Day will not be pretty. That's what we have to do. So jump over to 1 Peter chapter 4. Listen to this a little bit. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. Oh, there's so much here in this one. I might even uh, swing by this a little bit uh, and go to a different passage. Go to, with me to James chapter 4 real quick. I'll show you something in James. James chapter 4, he said, tells us, and we'll get to this again in a little while, but James chapter 4 and verse 7, Submit therefore to God. Do we like to give in? No, we like to have things our way, don't we? Get, get real. Christians, you got to give in. Submit to God, and then we'll later get into the idea we've got to resist it. We've got to flee From youthful lust. We've got to do that. But not only do we have to, as he writes to Timothy here, flee from youthful lust, then he says a mouthful. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Now, this is interesting. So, we're going to pursue these characteristics, we're going to pursue these godly facets to our life. Now, I know a little bit about pursuit because pursuit sometimes. Makes me sit in a tree in cold weather. Has made me get out sometimes when I'm other places and sweat horribly to, take, to get something. I've done that stuff. When most of you say I'd be sitting in the air conditioner, I'd be sitting in the heater. I get that. But if you're going to pursue something, do you know there's not much pursuit goes on from the recliner? That's just not how it works. I remember old Don Pollard. He was a retired TWA mechanic. And he was uh, retired when I met him, and he was quite a horseman. He had uh, Missouri Foxtrotters that ride really well. But he always told me there was two things he wouldn't allow in his house. And I've been in his house, and it's true. No recliners and no remote controls. He says, because more of my retired friends die in their first year because they sit down in a recliner and just use their thumb. So I'm telling you, in his house, he didn't have any chairs to come from these. All his chairs in his house, house was straight back wood chairs. So you know what the point was? You won't sit here very long because it's not comfortable. You'll get up and do something. And I'm telling you, that's how old timer lived. He did get a ton of stuff done because of that. But you think about that, I, I'm pretty sure our reward is where? Our reward's in heaven, isn't it? It's not about all the comfort, all the great blessings and wealth. God does bless us with many things here. But we do have to pursue some things. We have to pursue these things. But I like that he says it with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So I don't pursue. We get to do it together. Is it easy sometimes to stay with something if someone else is doing it with you? Do you know um, organizations like Weight Watchers, Alcoholics Anonymous have all found out that meetings and people doing it the same time you're doing it helps you to stay with it. Do you know they didn't come up with that? Do you know the Lord came up with that? That's how come we assemble together on the first day of the week. That's how come we spend time reminding ourselves of the death, burial, and resurrection and proclaim it till he comes by observing the Lord's Supper. That's how come we open up God's word and we hear that message again, usually reminding us of something we'd heard before already but need reminded of again. So we're in this together. So this pursuit isn't all by ourselves. We're doing this collectively. I won't tell all the stories that I know sometimes where you got one person going this way and one person going that way and able to come accomplish what you need. But that idea of pursuit is so important. Now, the other meant to run away from, pursue means to run after. It has a hiding, seek, of seeking something and running after it, trying to catch it, trying to have it. But I think it's interesting when he says here that we need to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Now, I'm just going to key on the peace for a minute. If you watch the news, any station, I don't care which one, Any news station there is. Or if you get on any multimedia network and you look at the news, it's all about peace, right? Peace and serenity and that's what it's all about. No, it's not. It's turmoil, havoc, all kinds of trouble. Peace. Well, we're going to talk about a peace that passes understanding But let me tell you one thing I think we don't understand. You guys have heard me say this before. I have so much appreciation and admiration for the men and women who've served us in uniform, sometimes in tremendously hostile situations, sometimes with the loss of limb and even life. Because I enjoy so much peace and freedom for something i did nothing about but they did and i appreciate that i hold them up that's just huge to me so i think about that and let me tell you what this is poor grammar but you'll get the point peace ain't free you got to pursue it you got to go after it it'll just it'll stay out there sometimes people just want to sit and wait for it to come to them how many times have you set out in the rain and it started raining hundred dollar bills on you? No, it can either make you tired or sweat or give you a headache or calluses or sore back or knees or whatever, because you got to do something during that, or you're a thief and you stole it. I won't get into that whole thing in today's uh, atmosphere, but let's look at a few passages, especially on the idea of pursuing peace. I want you to see, it wasn't just Paul mentioning this to Timothy. Peter also mentions it. Amazing, since they're both inspired by the Holy Spirit. But 1 Peter chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 10, 11, and 12. This is a quote from Psalm 34. So it's also mentioned way before Jesus ever born on this earth. One who desires life The one who desires life to love and to see good days. Oh, I'd like to see good days. Must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You got to tell the truth? If you want to really enjoy life, you better tell the truth. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. So once you find it, run it down, catch it. For the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, and His ears attend to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Whew. You don't want God to be your opponent. And one of the things this passage mentions is so important He says it right here plain and simple you have to seek peace and you have to pursue it you know i know people who are never at peace it's because they never pursue peace they always look for turmoil they always look for trouble they always look for conflict even the way they approach any subject they're always going to look for whatever is going to cause friction i don't understand that you know i grew up my dad owned a body shop so beating fenders And, you know, our job was to take flaws and get rid of them and make it look like it did before there were flaws on it again. You know, it was sure a lot nicer when they just drove a car in and didn't have any flaws in it. I don't know what we're supposed to do with this, but I like this job. I mean, that was nice, and it was nice to say, look at it now. It looks good, don't it? tell you what, we've got to be people who look to correct things and make things the way they need to be, and we have to pursue peace. And sometimes there's some bumps in the road. Another one, turn with me over to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. I just want to see you two other places. Hebrews 12 and verse 14. Pursue peace with those who are peaceful. Is that what it says? Pursue peace with all men, even jerks. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? We're talking about being at peace with God, being in the right relationship. And we're going to try to be those who pursue peace. And live in peace all we can matter of fact in our sheet back in our class today this next passage we looked at listen to this one Romans chapter 14 Romans 14 I had to definitely go to this one Romans 14 and verse 19 never take your own vengeance never take your own vengeance there in verse 19 but leave room for the wrath of God. Jump back up to verse 6. Never, excuse me, verse 17. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of men. Verse 18. If possible, it might not always be possible. But if possible, and some of us have been in those situations where the other person made it impossible, right? If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Just so you know, did Jesus pursue living at peace with all men? How'd that work out? You remember these words? Crucify him, crucify him. That wasn't because he didn't try to live at peace with them. As far as it depends on you. So we got to go back to God's will because here's where Jesus was, and we need to be like this. Jesus wanted to be at peace with all men, but not at the cost of not having peace with God. So we always have to put peace with God first. So jump back over to 2 Timothy chapter two, and so he flee from youthful lust, verse twenty-two, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and with those who call on the Lord from pure heart. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculation knowing that they produce quarrels. Let me tell you what, they produce quarrels. I don't even want to get into it. I see quarrels on all kinds of levels because of all kinds of misinformation that we have out there and so many levels of so many things. I, you can't even figure out what the truth is on a whole bunch of stuff. Well, I know what the truth is according to God. But some of the others say, I don't know how to tell you that. You know, we could just get in a discussion here, real easy, like which car manufacturer's best. You could disagree with me and be wrong, but anyway, no, no. You look at that. How do you come up with that? How do you, you know, it's it's partly subjective, isn't it? So you look at that, but the truth, as God gives it, is objective. It's plain, simple, straightforward, and right there. It's not up to interpretation. I still like the guy who said God said it. That settles it. That's how plain it is. What if I don't understand it? I don't understand a lot of things. Doesn't make them wrong, doesn't it? Just means I'm not smart enough to understand it. I have to work to try to understand it, but refuse, refuse foolish and ignorant speculation. Of course, that means a couple of things. First of all, it means the same as reject. It just means this. Don't have anything to do with it. So when they get into a bunch of... You guys know me. Most of you know me pretty well. Some of you are visiting don't know me that well. But um, you know my past statement. When someone says something, and I know it's not according to God's will, I always ask for the same thing, don't I? Well, all I need, I'd like to see that. So could you give me the book, the chapter, and the verse where that is? That's all I need. If it's in there, I'm good with it. If it's not, You're not going to get me sucked in. You guys have heard me quote my mother from years gone by. You know, the one thing she used to stress all the time. If you know the truth, error is obvious. If you don't know the truth, you're going to get led astray. We have to know that truth. So I think about so many. So I thought about this word, refuse or reject. So I just want to hit two passages, then we'll go back to James chapter 4 and wrap this all up. But I want to hit two passages, because I want you to know the Bible's real about that. Jesus is the speaker in one scenario, and Paul, both, both of them given the Word of God, is the author in the other scenario. But the first one's over in Matthew chapter 18. Have you ever noticed, even in the church... Sometimes we want to ignore certain passages because they're just too demanding. You know, we don't mind. We like to know passages that are incredibly beneficial to us and demanding to God. But when God God still demanded to us, let's just don't mention that preacher. Let's just kind of stay away from that. Well, you know, I'm not that guy, so I'm going to mention it because the Bible demands I teach you all that he commanded you. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm no faithful gospel preacher. So over in Matthew chapter 18, listen to this, starting at verse 15. Again, I'm in the numeric standard. If your brother sins, first thing it says is what? Stay away from it. It does not say that. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. Charlene, I'm going to let you off the hook today. You're not going to be my example, okay? We'll use Rudine today. I don't know what's Rudine doing, but boy, she's really messing up. So I tell you what, so instead of me going to her in private, I'm just going to call her down in front of all of you. Would that be okay? That is not a court. Now, I I don't care what she did, I'm wrong. So if we had one person wrong, now we got two people wrong. Maybe even what I heard wasn't so, so now I, now I listen to some foolish gossip in the You know, you think about all, you got to go to them. A lot, I know this, I asked the boys this in class. So you're playing baseball and you hit the ball and you think, I can get a double if I skip first base and run straight by the pitcher to second. So you get to second base, what happens? You're out. Yeah, you're going to stop, you're going to be out. So what if I decide... You know, I'm sure getting wound up always running the same direction. I need done wide, so I hit the ball and I'm gonna run. I know I can make it all the way home, so I'm gonna run third, second, first, and back home. Now what's gonna happen? I'm out. Okay, so understand it works this way. This is kind of one of them baseball passages: first, second, third. You gotta go to first base first. So he says you gotta go to him in private. And if he listens to you, and a lot of times, mainly most times that's gonna happen then you've won your brother. He's back right with the Lord. But if he doesn't listen to you, now it's going to get tougher. You go and you take one or two more. Can you take five or six? I'm pretty sure this says one or two. Is that pretty easy? Will three work? What don't you understand about one or two? After you go to him in private, Then you take one or two so that at the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. Because you ever had two people and they, I never said that. Well, now, if you got more witnesses, you can, it's a lot easier to figure out what was and wasn't said, isn't it? If he refuses, verse 17, to listen to them, then you tell it to the church. Church is going to then contact, they can contact them as a group or they can contact them individually. And if he refuses to listen to the church, that's strike three. And he says, let him be to you as a Gentile tax collector. You're going to withdraw. Do you notice that, though? He says a lot of things here. He refuses, he refuses, he refuses. You know what he's refusing? To listen to the truth about what he's doing and correct it. So you look at that. We've got to understand there's things we need to reject, but there's things we did not reject to refuse one more on that point turn with me to titus chapter 3 i told you paul's gonna uh, write one of them for us titus chapter 3 um because we're running out of time or i don't know if we're running out of time or not you're running out of time to listen to me i think but titus chapter 3 verse 10 reject is that what it says that what you're does it say reject reject a factious man Growing up, being a King James boy growing up, I always liked the word in King James. Reject a heretic. Reject a fact. Someone who's caused a strife. You ever had someone who always rubs the sandpaper? Get away from them. Reject a factious man after the uh, first and second warning. So that was a lot faster pace than Matthew chapter 18, wasn't it? You had one, two, three. This time, it's you give him one warning, you give him two warning, and you're done. Why? Because he's caused a strife, faction, friction, and division. We looked at a class uh, passage with the boys. We're not going to take time to turn over there. But a house divided against itself, what? Cannot what? Cannot stand. How about a church divided against itself? It cannot stand. Do we see Christendom? I didn't say Christianity. Christendom in the United States, usually it's just called denominationalism. Do we see it all divided and it just becomes weaker and weaker because all the friction and division? It's because they deviated from what it says. We got to stay with what the Bible says. So in closing, turn with me to James 4. I love this passage. This is a passage that has great demands, but great... Benefits. Verse seven, James four. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil, and you know me. I like sound effect, arr, 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 and he'll flee from you. He's a barking. Tammy's got, I, I don't know. She's got two things that are almost dogs. They're almost big enough to be dogs. But Pixie, she boy. She can bark, and she can. And as soon as she get to. her Scared to death. Talks big till someone stands up to her, and then, boy, she's a running for cover. She just like the devil. If you'll stand up to her, she'll back down. Tammy's not gonna like telling me her dog's like the devil, but anyway, you look at that. You submit to God. That's what you gotta do. You know what? I gotta tell my kindergarten story real quick. I was in kindergarten, and I had a little. Head was buzzed off a little bit short, longer hair than I got now, but short little hair. And I'm standing there waiting for my brother who's in sixth grade, who I know has to hate this because I go to afternoon kindergarten. So he has to come by the kindergarten room and walk home. He's a sixth grader and walk his kindergarten brother home. You know, that's no good when you're a sixth grader. And so he's coming to get me. But before he gets there, three giant third graders, when you're a kindergarten, they're giant. I still remember to this day, they're rubbing my head and laughing at me and telling me I got an onion head. <laughs> and I'm a tough kindergartner, so you know what I'm doing? Crying. I'm crying, man. He's big third graders. And then my brother Gary steps around the corner as a sixth grader. I'm telling you, I might be a kindergartner, but me and my brother are going to take these three third graders in a heartbeat, okay? So all of a sudden, things change. You know why? Because a big guy showed up on your side. If you'll submit to God, you stand with him, the devil won't come near you. That's what it says. Look what he goes on to say. Oh, I could preach on this all day. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You want to stand close to God, you got to stay clean. Be miserable and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to be gloom into gloom. And listen to verse 10. Humble yourselves in the presence of the lord and he'll lift you up he'll exalt you isn't that what we want for god to lift us up from this pitiful existence on earth to a eternal abode of heaven if you're here today and we'd be glad to sit down and talk to you about it. but the bible's plain of how to become a christian that you have to hear the plain message of the new testament You have to confess that very fact that Jesus Christ is Son of God. You must uh, then, because of hearing, believing, and confessing, you must also repent of your sins, change your life, and be baptized in a watery grave of baptism for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what you need to do. That's what you must do to become a Christian. If you're a Christian and you've strayed from the truth, if you've sinned, then you need to correct that today. You need to confess that sin. You need to repent. If we can help you this morning, please come as we stand and sing.